Thanks for tuning in to the Direct Access to Oxford Physical Therapy podcast, where we talk about your body, how it moves, and empowering you with the knowledge to manage and treat your pain or discomfort. You will also get an exclusive behind-the-scenes look at a successful private practice. You have the questions, and we have the answers. Now let's get moving. Hey, everyone. Happy 20th episode. Thanks to everyone who's tuned in and made our podcast successful. To celebrate, we are hoping to have a Q&A episode where you, our listeners, can send in your questions directly to us that we will answer for you on the episode. It can be any question you have regarding this podcast, PT, treatment, Oxford Physical Therapy as a company, or really anything at all. You can send in your questions by commenting on any of our social media posts, but we have also created a page on our website for you to send in your questions directly to me, Allie. Go to OxfordPhysicalTherapy.com and under the Oxford Life tab, you'll see Ask a Question. Or you can go to OxfordPhysicalTherapy.com slash ask dash a dash question. Your question can be sent in anonymously if you have a burning question you're too afraid to ask. Or we can give you a shout out if you want to keep your name there. We can't wait to read all of your questions and give you a full episode of direct access to Oxford Physical Therapy. Happy listening. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Direct Access to Oxford Physical Therapy podcast. Our host, Matt, is joining us by phone. Say hey. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Yes. yes. And I'm your co-host, Allie. We have another guest for you today. Um, her name is Shannon. Shannon works with us at Oxford Physical Therapy. Shannon, why don't you give us a little bit about yourself? Um, so I worked for Oxford kind of before I went to PT school. Um and everything kind of with corona kind of upset this next clinical rotation. So I contacted everybody here at Oxford, and now I'm doing a clinical with Dustin here in Montgomery. Nice. Awesome. Hi, Shannon. How's it going today? <laughs> Hi, Matt. I'm good. How are you? Good, good. I had the pleasure of spending many, many days with Shannon. She worked She worked in the clinic with me. So let's, uh, let's rewind the clock here. Go back to your first, uh, like, days at Oxford. And why don't you tell the listeners uh, what your role was then, Shannon? Um, so when I first started at Oxford, I was an aide. I was actually finishing up um, my master's thesis from OU, um, and you hired me. And I worked a little bit with you along with Marie in northern Kentucky, um, kind of helping out there. Yeah. And then um, and then take a take us through the next step uh, of your time when you were actually employed with us and where did you go from there? Oh, I was like a pinball there for a while. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So I started off as an aide working really closely with the therapist over there in chapel. And then I started working a little bit more at the front desk, um, kind of as a hybrid doing front desk and, and aiding kind of as necessary where anybody kind of needed me. And then the opportunity, um, came about to go to Blue Ash, which is closer to where I live. So I transferred to Blue Ash and I was kind of doing a similar thing, going between working at the desk and helping out the therapist as an aide. Yeah. Just doing it all. You know, kept me busy. I liked it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You like to be busy, but you didn't originally start out in school to be a PT, right? No, I did not. Um, I was finishing up my master's thesis and I was looking at a way to kind of make a little bit money before I sat for the certification to become an exercise physiologist and I passed the board um, for that became an exercise physiologist and kind of was thinking about going more PhD school for exercise physiology and I was applying to different PhD schools and it 
wasn't working out really well. PhD school is super competitive, kind of like PT school was, except for PT schools, at least they offer about 50 slots. A lot of times when you're applying for PhD, there's one, maybe two slots. It's all based on the amount of funding that the university has for that specific program. And I kind of kept working in Oxford, kept working in Oxford, watching all the therapists. And I knew I always wanted to do something with a physical nature to it and ended up applying to a bunch of PT schools and kind of struggling to get kind of exactly where I wanted to go. And then Ken, the owner, I met with him and I was like, hey, you know, do you have any suggestions of how a better way to go about, you know, getting into a different PT school? And he pointed me to the University of St. Augustine in Florida. And and how did um, so? How do you think your time at Oxford kind of um, influenced your decision to go to PT school, or uh, you know, kind of your change in in career path? Uh, it influenced me greatly. Uh, to be transparent, before I didn't think that I wanted to be PT because I was worried that I would come in and every one of my days would be similar. I would treat a knee, I'd treat an ankle, and every t- day I would come in, and that's kind of how it would be. Um, through working there, I realized that, yeah, you know, we might be treating a knee, but we're not treating the same knee the same way each time. And every patient's complaints are going to be a little bit different. And exercises and how you treat it are always going to be different. So it's kind of like putting together a puzzle and trying to figure out the best way to put that puzzle kind of together for them. Yeah, I think that's a good way to say it. That is good. <laughs> what do you What do you think you um, learned either from you know, front desk or aid or hybrid experience working that you would would still take into practice on both your internships and then forward when you become a therapist? So being an aide was um, very helpful when I got into PT school, not just being an aide in general, but I worked with a lot of different therapists that specialize in kind of different areas, and they all kind of treated it a little bit differently. So I went in with a good amount of knowledge of knowing hey, you know, they had a disc patient or they had a knee replacement or, you know, certain ailment, and I can remember what they did to help treat them. So there was that sequence during PT school where I'd have, like, aha, or, a, yeah. oh, that's why they did that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> putting it all together. And that huh? was really kind of nice to bring everything together for me because I don't know if other students would have that because they can say, hey, you know, if the knee doesn't move well this way, you should do this. But without being able to see the other side, the result to it, and Havard and kind of like that affected part, it's hard to build a full picture. Yeah, that's awesome. So um, tell us a little bit about your kind of like first day walking back into Oxford, but this time completely different uh, relationship. You know, you're not uh, an employee as an aide or front desk, but now you're on an internship as a student. So kind of what was in your head mentally on day one? And you said you went to Florida, right? Yeah. So you went to Florida, had a great time basking in the sun, and you made your way back to the Cincinnati, northern Kentucky area. So describe that. (laughs) Um, I was praying for snow the whole time. (laughs) Every time it snowed up here, I've loved it. (laughs) That is so different. (laughs) Even some of the patients, they'd walk in like, have you had enough snow yet? Never. Never? Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> but honestly, I had contacted some of the therapists that I worked with in Blue Ash because I'd worked with Dustin once or twice over here in Montgomery, but I wasn't as familiar. And I texted him and I was like, you know, I'm kind of nervous. Like I was an aide and I was the desk and everything before. And I knew 
kind of how all of that went. But my previous clinical was inpatient neuro. And so I text him and I text Chris and I was like, you know, I'm kind of nervous. Like, I don't know how this is going to go. And he kind of messed with me a little bit. Of course, that's Chris. <laughs> but he ended up being like, you know, you were fine. Like, you were a great aide. You know, you're going to be okay when you go there. Because it's, I mean, it's definitely a little bit more pressure. I mean, that entire puzzle is on you. I would just help, you know, with exercise and everything. But I knew curating that puzzle and figuring out what was going on was going to be, you know, on me. Sure, sure. And and Dustin, from, from your perspective, um, you know, how do you think Shannon's affiliation or internship has gone, um, you know, maybe compared to someone who didn't have didn't have her background of, of working in the field ahead of time? Uh, pressure's on. This is like a, um, a weekly performance review that we definitely do. <laughs> and that we're recording it. <laughs> um, uh, Shannon's been doing great. Um, um, you know, her, you know, first couple of weeks, um, we really didn't have to go through a lot of the orientation um, that we typically might do with a student that might not have a background with working with us at Oxford. So as far as, you know, the day-to-day um, daily routine, she, she was kind of on top of it um, in terms of that. Um, so that really, I don't think, was too much of a transition for her. Um, but she's been doing really well, um, you know, from the get-go and, you know, doing better and better every single week. And um, right now, just trying to challenge her a little bit more and because um, I think she has – what do you have, like three weeks left? Right around last three weeks April left. April Fool's Day. It's very easy to remember. Yeah. That, that, that's <laughs> going to be a fun last day. Uh-oh. Dustin, be nice. <laughs> Play tricks on me. <laughs> um, but she's been doing really well. Um, um, like I said, progressing every single week. Um, no complaints from my end. Awesome. And so, Shannon, just speak for a moment um, to the students, because we do have a wide audience, and we have several students that do tune in and listen to our podcast. So, Thank you, students. Appreciate that. <laughs> and um, just just talk to them for a minute. Maybe they're um, thinking about going to PT school. Uh, so what advice could you offer? Or what would be a good next step? And then uh, maybe they are in PT school now, but not yet where you are, not yet on affiliations or internships. So speak to those two groups for just a minute. So that's a really hard question, especially with everything with um, COVID and everything going on. I think taking the time right now for anybody that hasn't gone to, you know, try to get into a clinic and observe and see what they do, see what setting you like, try different settings, because most of my observation was within outpatient, and when I went into school, I was thinking, you know, I definitely wanted to work more in the outpatient setting, and after my first clinical, I went into it thinking, this is inpatient, and I found out I was on the brain injury floor the day that I showed up, which was terrifying to start. (laughs) But, you know, I ended up absolutely loving that clinical. And I wonder how it might have changed my perspective going through PT school, knowing that I might be more interested in that setting and not being so bogged down and thinking that I definitely wanted to do outpatient. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I think that's good advice. Uh, You know, we've talked before on on the podcast in different episodes and, um, you know, talked about kind of having plan A and plan B and not getting, uh, you know, set on one, um, you know, outcome. And I think your story is a great example of that, you know, thinking that you wanted to go in a PhD route, you know, uh, exercise physiologist and, you know, uh, encountering a new opportunity, taking advantage of that, and then, you know, you kind of get your eyes opened up a little bit to something different. And, you know, so I think that's a a great, uh, you know, lesson and a great piece of advice to prospective students out there. 
um, you know, we're not doing as much um, employment of aides in the clinic as we used to, but we do still have a very active volunteer program. And so it's a great opportunity to come in, volunteer, observe, and, and get your feet wet. And I agree with you, Shannon, not only an outpatient, but if you're thinking about being a PT, you know, observe several different areas just so you kind of see what's out there. No, absolutely. No, that definitely, um, having an open mind with all of that was, you know, kind of paramount for me. Yeah, you've got uh, a lot of great experience, not only in the clinical field, like dipping your toes into different aspects that you didn't probably find yourself Mm -hmm. or think about. But also, when you did come back to Oxford, you had quite um, a good experience behind the scenes before you got into the clinical part. You were working administrative and all that stuff. And I think Mm -hmm. that's, you know, what makes our team such like a good team to work with. Um, You have people just like you all across our centers that have seen, you know, that work the administrative part, that work the clinic part. So we have just like a really dynamic team, I think, that, you know, keeps the cog wheels turning. (laughs) (laughs) I liked doing the front desk stuff because as far as like how everything is billed and the insurances and all of that completely different set of puzzle, I have a completely different respect for. Um, And going into school, I I knew a lot of the different codes, and I kind of had an idea of where each column would go into. So that gave me a little bit of a step up, I think, too. Yeah, that's what I was kind of curious. You know, what might you take from your experience as a front desk on how you might interact with future front desk and administrative personnel that might help you in your career? Oh, yes. I'm always very, very nice to the front desk as well. (laughs) As I'm sure, as I'm schedule. sure, all of us were to you, and all of our therapists are. But yeah, um, I, I think always having that, uh, you know, personal experience and having walked a mile in those shoes probably changes maybe some of that interaction. For mm-hmm. sure. Absolutely. So, um, you know, kind of uh, one of the big things, and you know, I would be remiss if I didn't mention direct access to Oxford Physical I Therapy we on the Direct getting... Access podcast. I thought um, we were getting out scot-free. You thought you were going to escape it? Not so likely, <laughs> Allie. So uh, question for you, um, you know, being uh, a recent student and getting fresh knowledge uh, right in school, um, what kind of things specifically in your curriculum do you feel like prepare you or got you ready to practice in a direct access environment? Um, so one of the biggest, I think in every class we took, we talked about red flags, yellow flags. Um, so the yellow flags, things that you notice, but don't necessarily make you refer out right away. And then the red flags are things you see, you refer out, you know, kind of right now. In every class with every topic, we talked about that in one way or another so that we'd be able to recognize whether or not there was a more sinister pathology or whether or not what we were treating just flat out wasn't musculoskeletal in nature and wasn't within our scope of practice. But it wasn't just in those classes that were made to help us recognize those signs. They would give us different scenarios with, you know, a cervical patient that ended up being more kind of like a brain. So we had to figure out that that what was going on, it wasn't coming from something musculoskeletal. Sure. That's awesome. And have, I don't know, um, you know, all, all, all clinicals are a little bit different. Sometimes opportunities vary, but um, have you had the opportunity to work with some direct access patients so far in your affiliation? I believe so. 
Dustin Dustin's right nodding his head yes he's like yes honey yeah, she, she, she's seen a number of them um, and, and that's always um, you know a good thing you know from my end too because you know I want to see how she um, you know reacts and, and you know treats those patients that you know they just come in don't have a referral um, you know from their doc um, and just says shoulder pain um, as a clinical instructor you know I really like that because you're almost going in with a blank slate um, and you have to use all of your clinical reasoning and um, you know, really get a good um, um, history on the patient. Um, so we've had a number of opportunities with that, and, and Shannon's done a great job with that. Good. Love to hear it. <laughs> well, Shannon, Dustin, anything else you guys want to share with our listeners about the, the PT affiliation process or Shannon, your background or experience? Yeah, I think, Shannon, you have such a, a relatable situation to students um, who might be listening or who don't even know what they're into yet um, to go into college for. And it is a big decision. Um, I just think it's inspiring to hear that you stuck with it, even though you were thrown into things that um, you might have not found yourself in in the future. Um, But yeah, just tell, just give a word of advice or just, you know, some (laughs) well wishes to those students who might have be in your shoes. Um, So... For me getting into PT school, I mean, I applied to a lot of schools. I kind of struggled going through that entire process. Um, Undergrad, I I wasn't always the best student. Um, Each time I went through school, I got a little bit better. My GPA got a little bit better. I learned how to study or I became more disciplined, I guess, depending on how you want to look at it. (laughs) Um, But I think part of that is, you know, that, that whole thing was kind of a struggle with me at first. And I went into PT school and some of the things didn't come naturally for me, um, specifically kind of how the joints work in comparison to when you're moving through a different range of motion. That was a struggle to kind of, for me to capture at first. And I have more one of those personalities. If I don't get anything, I can become frustrated quickly. Same. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, I was generally kind of frustrated with it, but through all the times that I, you know, I struggled in PT school and all that kind of things, it kind of taught me to persevere a little bit and kind of stick through it and if you know it's something that you want to do, you know, make sure you're going to be good at it. Take the time. Make sure you really figure it out, even though that frustrates you, so yeah. that when you come out, you know, you're a better person and you're a better clinician for it. Don't give up. Love that. And, That's and awesome Shannon advice. I probably, you know, agree with this, too. I mean, whenever it comes to, you know, being in PT school, you almost have to treat it like a, you know, a job. It is your job. Um, you know, obviously, you're paying to do that. Um, you're not actually getting paid at that same time, but... Um, you know, throughout school, you know, you have to take the time every day, you know, those, you know, six, eight hours a day to, you know, really work on your knowledge. And that's going to help you, you know, not obviously, you know, in school. So you'll get, you know, good grades, good GPA, but it's also going to help you, you know, be able to pass the boards and, you know, obviously become a good clinician too. So you just have to take the time and it takes dedication. And that goes with, you know, every PT student. Yeah, I think that's awesome advice. And you know, Shannon, I'm proud of you. I'm, I'm proud to know you. I'm proud to be a part of your story. And I think, uh, you know, you deserve a tremendous pat on the back for just persevering and, and knowing what you wanted to get out of life and just finding pathways to, to find that outcome. So congratulations. Thanks for coming back. Thanks for coming back. <laughs> thanks, for coming back. <laughs> thanks for having me back. <laughs> Our pleasure. Our pleasure. And thanks for being a guest on the podcast. I really appreciate it. And oh, yeah. Thanks for that, too. Absolutely. Once again, a shout out to Dustin uh, for being a tremendous CI and and stepping up to to take Shannon on another affiliation. So thank you, Dustin, for yeah, he's for all right guiding her <laughs> through that process. Oh, good. 
We'll see how Hyper Fools goes. Okay. <laughs> hey, we'll be looking forward to April 1st, everybody. Well, Shannon, thanks for being on. And Dustin, thank you. Yep, thank you. Matt, right, we'll let you. you go. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening and tuning in. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. You can find us online at OxfordPhysicalTherapy.com. And you can also find us on our social media pages like Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and TikTok. Remember, you do not need a doctor's referral to receive physical therapy in the state of Ohio and Kentucky, where we offer double the care for less than half the cost. You can schedule appointments online or stop into any center for a free screen, what we like to call a bee visit. Please write a review, send us a comment or message on our social media platforms, and until next time, keep it moving!